Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Jetpacks. Welcome to Jetpacks are Overrated. I'm Seamus Byrne, and while it's the first episode, it's probably something a little different to what I expect will become the norm. You're playing pre, during, and post the Big Bang. Uh, a shadow puppet theatre world where you control a little girl called Greta. An interactive retelling of Colin Tilly's 1960s book. Legal Lawns is the competitive lawn mowing blood sport. It's a cinematic visual novel set in a Melbourne cafe where ghosts mingle with the living for one night. Indie video games are amazing and so often they defy description, but as you just heard, their makers sure do a fascinating job helping us to grasp their ideas. I just returned from Melbourne International Games Week and as part of the PAX event that took place there, I spoke with Chris Charla, the director of the ID at Xbox program, an initiative to help independent game developers to get their games released onto the Xbox One platform. Program's five years old now and just celebrated its 1,000th game release. So I sat down with Chris to talk about why independent games matter. Chris was the launch editor of IGN once upon a time, as well as working as an indie dev for a decade before joining Microsoft. Chris is a charming and fun chat, and by the end, he even explains how easy it is to dip your toe into developing for Xbox yourself. That Xbox One you already own It can be turned into a development kit in just a few clicks and downloads. At the end of the show, I'll also run those indie dev elevator pitches in full, complete with the details of where to find those games if any of them caught your ear. We'll jump into the conversation with Chris explaining where ID at Xbox began. So ID started with a really simple idea, which was just how do we get Xbox One correct for independent developers. We had had this great success on 360 with Xbox Live Arcade, which I think kind of ushered in uh, digital down, digital distribution on console. And we quickly saw this flowering of independent developers move in there, with fantastic ideas, and and just like uh, and go you know go gangbusters. And as we and as we were getting ready to launch Xbox One, we realized that the the scene had changed a lot. The developers had gotten a lot more mature, the, you know, and, you know, the, they gave us really, really clear feedback that the way we did things on 360 wasn't working for them anymore. So we went out and did a huge listening tour with 50 plus devs. Actually, it feels like a lot now with more than 3000 development studios with kits in the program. 50 doesn't seem like many, but in 
2012, 50 seemed like a lot. And um, it really shaped the program based on on that. And, and the developers were really clear. What they wanted was just platform access. Like, look, we can take care of making the game. We don't need your advice on that. Thank you very much. Um, but we need platform access, and we need it to be easy. And so, that, you know, that's been our North Star since day one. You know, we knew we needed independent developers. We needed that kind of great content to make Xbox One successful. We want to make sure when people turn on their Xbox, they just have, like, the best content out there. Um, and so make it easy for developers. It doesn't sound that complicated, but that's, that's been the, the, you know, the watchword since the beginning. And in, in the early days, that was about, you know, doing a lot of work, uh, on our back end to get it to go from a system that was really designed to work with, you know, a few dozen publishers to a system that's designed to work with thousands of independent developers, um, and do things like get it so that setting up a dev kit doesn't take, you know, hours. Setting up a dev kit now just means turning it on and plugging in the ethernet cable and then just, it just sets itself up. Um, and, you know, just cutting as much time off of the actual Xbox development piece as we could so that developers could focus on their games. Yeah, look, and I guess for the, for the end user, is this ultimately you know, invisible that when it's just that when they turn on their Xbox, there's more cool games than, than otherwise and, and they're all kind of sitting there just find a cool game and, and buy it and play it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, we should be completely invisible to the end user. One of the decisions we made early on, which now seems totally obvious, is, you know, early on people are like, well, are you going to make developers put, like, an ID at Xbox, like, slate on at the start of the game? And I just remember thinking, look, as a player, the last thing I ever want to see is another slate at the beginning of a game. Just, like, give me the game. Like, let's go. And also, we didn't want to make this program about us. This program is about the developers. Like, we're proud of what we do. And we're proud that we can help them. We're proud to be a little part of, you know, their journey. But it's not about, you know, the ID and Xbox team. It's about the developers. And so we didn't want a slate any place. And, you know, when you turn on your Xbox, today you can see an ID and Xbox section in the store. And that's that's super cool. You, you know, it helps contextualize. Like, These are going to be some really neat games. But, you know, basically when you look in the store, the games are all just assorted together. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. And are there some, you know, Great examples that you feel like, you know, you're like really proud that have, I guess, been enabled by the program um, that, you know, that people out there might not have even realized that they came through this program because they've actually been, you know, big hits or things like that. Yeah, well, um, there, there have been some some really big hits that people probably aren't aware are, are coming through the ID at Xbox program. Um, I think one of the canonical ones is Cuphead. And, you know, it's been awesome to work with those guys going from, you know, working with a, a small team of, you know, people who are working in construction and advertising and finance to, to make this game and and just knock it out of the park on their first try but there's been some other great stories um um, you know, I've gotten an email from a developer who told me, you know, he went from, you know, he was working in a warehouse supporting his family and his wife was like, you know, you, you want to make games like go for the dream. He taught himself game maker. He shipped a game, shipped the sequel, got a job in the game industry, or actually the last email I, I had from him, he had had an offer for a job in the game industry. And that's it. To me, that's an equally cool story as a Cuphead story. Um, you know, and, and those are the kind of moments that for me as somebody who used to be a game developer and now works on this program, like that just like charges me up because I know that feeling. I know that feeling of being a kid and just, just wanting to make games. And, and to the extent that we've been able to kind of help enable that and be a small part of that for, for somebody just feels awesome. And I mean, in that really kind of broad sense, I love to kind of get your thoughts on how important you feel like just this breadth of creativity now being possible on 
as big a platform as Xbox, you know, you know, like the the PC platform has always been, you know, easy enough to kind of sell an independent game on, but you know, it's hard to necessarily reach people. But console is a whole different world of players who, you know, they don't want to have to set up all those things. They just want to sit down and play. And what does it mean to now have so many other kinds of games now in that space? Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I really think, you know, maybe I'm biased. I probably am. But I think there's something really special about console. There's something special about just turning on that box, holding that controller, turning on your TV and just like, and just going. And so, you know, I think that kind of, Hopefully this answers your question, but I think about Cuphead as a perfect example. Like, if we were still in the olden days of the way things were, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, those guys would still be working in finance and advertising and construction, and none of us would know that you could have a game like Cuphead. That game could even exist. We'd just be probably happy playing whatever we were playing, but, you know, you know what stories wouldn't we have heard? And I think back like 10, 15 years ago, what stories could we have heard then that just never got told? And now, you know, I think that kind of a big part of our role's ID is making sure that these stories do get told or have the possibility of getting told from, you know, different kinds of, of voices, whether it's a, you know, an underserved voice, an underrecognized voice, or just a voice who's got something to say. And, and being able to be there and be that conduit and get that on console, um, I think it's been really powerful. And I think console players have responded incredibly well to seeing this diversity of content um, and, and just like the support that they give to independent games is off the charts. I'm curious if you've heard from, I mean, you're mostly focused on this independent space, but how kind of some of those bigger developers might also be now influenced by the kinds of artistry that we sort of get when, you know, someone just comes up with it, like the Cuphead type ideas, where someone goes, there's a whole different way of thinking about the art of making a game. Or I imagine there's a lot of people who work at kind of big companies now have been inspired to go, well, you know what? Like we shouldn't just be trying to make things like look more realistic. That kind of classic thing of let's make it look beautiful. Let's make it look like it's a 1960s, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's really cool is, um, um, uh, you know, sometimes when people come up to me and say, like, oh, I love ID and I had such a good time playing Unraveled. I really enjoyed Ori. And it's like, I'm glad you really enjoyed those games. They didn't come from the ID program, you know, or they, they you know, Ori is published by Microsoft Studios and Unraveled, of course, is from Electronic Arts. And um, but I think it's great that, that you know, it, it's not just independent developers. I think independent developers have really kind of influenced and changed the whole industry. And I think you see that in some of the design choices that are being made by AAA studios. And, and, and you know, sometimes I will hear people say, like, oh, well, AAAs don't innovate. And I, and I actually totally disagree with that. I think AAA studios innovate constantly. They may innovate inside like a inside a genre, but they're totally I think they really are innovative. But I think one of the interesting things since the birth of the indie movement and seeing, you know, just how um powerful these changes can be is that they have maybe felt like a little bit more freedom to go like a little bit, you know, farther afield. And I'll use Fortnite as an example. Um that you know you know you see the model of PUBG with Battle Royale and PUBG is a fantastic game, very gritty, very realistic. I don't know if, you know, 15 years ago, somebody seeing PUBG would have said, you know what we need is a battle royale that looks really fantastic and, you know, kind of appeals to kids and, and people who don't want gritty realism. But, you know, today, you know, or last year, like Epic was like, sounds good. You know, and I, I don't know if that's a design decision that would have been made 15 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to sort of hear if you've, if, are there many of the kinds of ID at Xbox, uh, 
you know, partner kind of, what do you call them? You know, in terms Par- of partners, developers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are there many of those that are now, you know, on their like third, fourth, fifth time or, yeah. you know, people who maybe, you know, the first one uh, didn't go that great, but now they've actually kind of found their, their feet through time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've seen like a lot of developers have sophomore games and, and, um, three, four, five, even six games. And it's, it's really amazing to see. And you see them, you know, grow as a studio. The other thing that's really interesting to me is that, um, I've seen some games come out and not be commercially successful. And that, that, that's real. You know, video games are a hit driven business. And then you talk to the developer and, and I'm always a little nervous when I talk to a developer who had a game that wasn't commercially successful. And so often, you know, the fact that they weren't commercially successful is a bummer, but it's not necessarily the reason they made the game, you know, like, and so I was talking to one dev and this game, had, you know, un, to my mind underperformed and we went out to lunch and I was like, so how are you feeling? And, um, I was a little nervous about the answer. And he was just like, I feel great. You know, like I did way better on Xbox than I did on any other platform. And I didn't quite make enough money to like move out of my parents' house, but I know exactly what I'm doing with my next game. And, you know, like that was just such a good answer. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, obviously you want every game to be successful, but it's important to remember that there's different vectors of success. Like we always look or we think a lot about commercial success just because that's where our interests and developers' interests overlap. But we always want to be conscious that there's a lot of other kinds of success, just that personal success of shipping something, critical success and, you know, success of building a little game community. So... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, I love hearing from, uh, yeah, the indies who are at events like PAX and like earlier in the GCAP event this week. Uh, more than once I've heard people actually say that, that the thing that made it all worthwhile was just getting a piece of feedback from somebody who said like, oh, like, you know, I, I really felt your story or like you made me cry or something. They're like, well, that's it. Like it doesn't, I didn't need to sell another. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's huge. Like when you, um, you know, uh, I've, I've had the experience when I was a developer of, you know, I'm walking around an airport and I look down and I see a kid and he's got like a 3DS open, or actually it was a Game Boy Advance open or on. He's playing my game and I'm like, I laid out that level. Like I know where the secrets are. That's like the, that's like the greatest <laughs> feeling. And so to be, you know, that's one of the reasons that I love my job is because I get to like help thousands of people, um, like get to experience that feeling. So it's super, super fun. And so, on, on the flip side then of, you know, the next thousand games, it's like, how has, 
how has idea xbox changed and and what do you think that kind of journey becomes through the next few years yeah it's really interesting um we've been thinking about it a lot because we as we hit this milestone and in a way i feel like we're just getting started but it has changed a lot like i, I mentioned earlier earlier you know we did a lot of work about just shaving days and days off development time because that's what getting onto the, making it easy to get on the platform meant today it's actually you know hopefully it's pretty straightforward to actually get on the platform but now making it easy to get on the platform is really about like hey how do i sell games how do i you know um you know promote my game the best way like what are the best practices and one of the things that we as microsoft have you know the the um the resources to do is to look at like you know hundreds and hundreds of game sales and and um and take a broad view and be able to distill that down into advice for developers which they're free to take and also completely free to ignore about you know what we see in terms of market conditions and When's a good time to launch? When's a bad time to launch? And, you know, we try and be really agnostic. We'll try and tell developers everything we know, be as transparent as possible. And then they tell us what they want to do. Sometimes they follow the advice. Sometimes they ignore it. And, and we're, we're cool with either, you know, we're cool with either scenario. Um, I think the other thing that we're doing now is, um, you know, there's always new initiatives coming down the, coming down the road, whether it's something like Xbox Game Preview, which is a early access program that we started on Xbox One based on feedback from devs in the public. And, uh, and now Xbox Game Pass, which is our membership service where you pay, um, a monthly fee and you're able to, um, download, uh, you know, more than a hundred games at, at no additional charge. It's been fascinating to see um, that, you know, when people have Game Pass, they download more games, they play more games, and I think they take some risks in terms of what they download because now the, you know, the only, you know, real investment is just the download time. And um, and that means that they're playing a lot more games from independent developers. The, the ID team has put a lot of games uh, – or. Uh, ID developers have been, you know, huge contributors to Game Pass, and it's been great to see how much usage those games are getting. And I think one kind of like happy accident or you know unanticipated result has been how much Game Pass has become a discovery mechanism for people who don't have Game Pass. So you know, you may have Game Pass, you see an interesting game, you download it. It turns out it's great because it's from a cool independent developer, and we've curated what goes into the program pretty well. Um, you start playing the game, you're you know, popping off achievements, you're telling your friends, maybe you're streaming it, and now a bunch of people who maybe never even heard of the game are seeing it, they go to the store, they buy it, and so we're seeing that, you know, Game Pass is, has the potential to be part of this really nice virtuous cycle for, you know, discoverability and sales. I mean, that's a great point because I know in... You've been thinking recently about things like you know, Netflix and different platforms where it's almost like hard for a cult hit to kind of creep up on us these days because... Uh, you know, it's not like the old days of, you know, going to the video store and, and you kind of wander around and, and discover things randomly, you know, that, that because it kind of feeds us that list of, you know, here's something you might like based on what you've already seen. And it's like, how do I find the random thing again? So it's, it's a great point that through that sort of a curation process that it, it isn't so, you know, heavily algorithmed that it's only showing you things you already like that you are actually getting to just explore a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, um, I think that, um, you know, people are finding some really cool kind of undiscovered gems in Game Pass and getting to play those games and share them. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
Uh, will you ever make a game again, do you think? Or do you still dabble on the side? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually just started working on something last year. And just, just for fun, I don't think it'll ever see the light of day. But it's been... Um, it's been fun to sort of. It's been what has been really fun is to see how great modern game creation tools are. So um, I'm not using Unreal or Unity. I'm using Game Maker, but I, I've played around with the others as well. And it it is amazing how much easier it is to make a game today than it was ten years ago. Look, and that's actually a good point. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be some listeners who do think, where do I even start? So you know, a tool like Game Maker. Are there any other kind of tips you might have for somebody who's just thinking, I've got an idea in the back of my head, and I'm not. I'm just not sure what to kind of fiddle with to, to see yeah. if I can bring it to so, life. So I would download Game Maker, Unity, even Unreal. And um, and then if you've got an Xbox, you can turn it into a dev kit. There's a, a thing called Dev Mode Activation, which is a free app you can download. Turn it into a dev kit. Download the free version of Visual Studio. Heck, download, free, download the free version of Game Maker. You can work on a game and deploy it to your Xbox like directly. If you like it, you can actually ship it commercially through a program called the Xbox Creators Program. Um, and then if you're realizing some success there and you want to bring it uh, you know, to ID at Xbox and have it be in the, the main Xbox store and add achievements and gamer score, like that's that's available too. So yeah, it's kind of a cool kind of a cool path. And it's really nice because it makes Xbox really like a, a platform where anyone, whether they work for you know a AAA developer, independent studio, or they're just a hobbyist or student getting started, has a place where they can like make games on the platform and, and actually sell games on the platform. Thanks again to Chris Charla, director of the ID at Xbox program, and thanks to Microsoft for giving me the chance to sit down with him. When I was talking to indie devs at PAX Australia, I actually asked if they had any questions for Chris as head of ID at Xbox. They were actually overwhelmingly positive about the whole thing, just saying how much they appreciate that the program actually exists. It's a great sign that what they've done is really valuable to so many small game makers out there. Now, to close out the show, here's those full versions of those little pitch clips. I'm Seamus Byrne, and thanks again for listening to Jetpacks Are Overrated. Catch you next time. Okay, I'm going to record a few of these interviews now with people who are going to tell me about their indie game and what exactly it is in an elevator pitch, what is your game, what's the name, and where to find it. Hopefully a few of these little um, nuggets are going to be things that will pique your interest. You can go and look it up elsewhere because uh, there really are some amazing indie games all around the show floor here at PAX Australia. Uh, so I felt like this was a good way to highlight them. There's only so much I can do to explain it. Why not let the people behind the games explain it for themselves? So here we go. Hi, my name's Michael. Um, I'm from Shadow Play Studios. Uh, I'm making a game called Projection. Um, Projection is about uh, a shadow puppet theater world where you control a little girl called Greta. And she's moving through this world and she's using a light source. That light source is used uh, to create shadows. And all these shadows are physical platforms that you can use to walk on things. Um, So this game really is about light manipulation, curiosity and lost art. You can find out more about Projection at shadowplaystudios.com or on Twitter, hashtag Projection Game. So this is uh, Little Reaper. It's an adventure platformer game where you play as Ollie. He's the Grim Reaper's little assistant. The Grim Reaper himself has gone on holiday, leaving you in charge. But you've run amok, tipped over a jar of souls, releasing it into the world. So it's your job to clean up your mess before he returns. Um, So it is on Steam at the moment. And you can wishlist it and follow it that way. Uh, and uh, you can also look us up on littlereapergames.com. So Stormboy the Game is an interactive retelling of Colin Tilly's 1960s book. 
and basically it's just a more your adventure style game with little mini game experiences in, in an overarching hub world where the players can learn more about the story and essentially play the book uh, it's available on November 20th on all platforms iOS mobile Steam consoles and if you want to find more out about it it's our website at Blowfish Studios uh, blowfishstudios.com or our Twitter handle at Blowfish Studios alright so I'm Dan from Dime Studios our game Lethal Lawns is the competitive lawn mowing blood sport it's available on Steam it's got online multiplayer and local multiplayer it's five bucks find out more uh, dimestudios.com so we've got a page with the game page and it's got all of our different games there as well as Lethal Lawns. So, Necbarista is a cinematic visual novel set in a Melbourne cafe where ghosts mingle with the living for one night. So the game will be releasing early 2019 on Steam for PC and Mac, PS4 and Nintendo Switch. And you can find out more on necbarista.com as well as our Twitter and Facebook. So uh, this is Genesis Noir. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure game where you're playing pre, during, and post the Big Bang. Uh, you're playing your, um, as no man. You're in a love triangle, and you're trying to save your love. In order to save your love, you have to um, destroy the creation of the planet. So undo the Big Bang to save your love, or let the Big Bang um, happen, uh, and the planet created, and your love dies. You can find out more about the game at genesisnoir.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 